Welcome to the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast, the show where brilliant professionals share how to sharpen the universal skills required to flourish at work. Enjoy more career fun, wins, meaning, and money with your host, Pete Mikaitis. Okay, well, once again, we are in for some fun with this here, episode 16 with Andrea Waltz. And Andrea had some really fun perspectives when it comes to rejection and just really reframing that whole thing by applying what they call the go for no philosophy. So I think you're going to enjoy this interview. It's one of the shorter ones. And if you like shorter things and getting a lot of information in a short amount of time, definitely check out awesomeatyourjob.com where you can just sign up for the golden nugget emails. And so you can get kind of a summary executive briefing style info from each guest that comes right to your inbox. And you can also check the archives for all those. So if that's up your alley, check that out. And in the meantime, from Andrea, we're going to learn, one, why aiming to fail can actually increase success in the long run. Two, how to turn no and your perceptions of it into a positive word. And three, what you can do to put the go for no philosophy into practice in your career and life. And as always, you want to check out some of the bonus stuff. You can find that at awesomeatjob.com slash F16 for the transcript and such. And here's a little bit about Andrea. Andrea Waltz is passionate about helping people overcome the fear of the word no and feelings of failure and rejection that go along with it. Along with her husband and business partner, Richard Fenton, they share their message through books, training programs, and speaking at conventions and conferences. They are authors of Go For No. And with 300,000 copies sold, it's been in the top 20 of Amazon's sales books for the last five years. Here's Andrea. Andrea, thanks so much for joining us on the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast. Hey, Pete. It's great to be with you. Well, I'm really particularly excited about uh, some of the the pieces that you're going to be sharing because I think rejection is something that uh, weighs heavily in in everybody's uh, hearts and minds, and hopefully it will weigh not so heavily when we're done. But could you start us off by telling us, how did you get interested in this topic in the first place? Well, actually, I was working um, my way through college. Uh, I was getting my degree um, in criminal justice, bachelor of science degree in criminal justice, which I ended up doing absolutely nothing with whatsoever. But I had dreams of being a crime scene investigator. And, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, it didn't go anywhere. But hey, if, you know, I guess if anybody needs fingerprinting at some point, somewhere along the line, maybe I can jump in. In that process, I was working for Lens Crafters, and I was working my way up through management, and I got into training, and I met my now husband, who kind of was my mentor, even at Lens Crafters, and taught me the go-for-no philosophy, which we have now spent the last 17 years teaching and training together, and that is how I kind of fell in love with this whole model of thinking and how to reprogram the way you think about failure and rejection, which is what we call go for no. That's funny. When you said your now husband uh, taught you in the ways of rejection, I thought, what? Where's this going? Were you a persistent uh, suitor romantically? But no, that's not what you meant, apparently. Apparently, Uh, yeah. (laughs) But he was was that as well. (laughs) (laughs) So so what is is the go for no philosophy? Like, how would you articulate the essential tenets of that. 
so fundamentally how this played out was this actually happened to Richard and, and this is where the philosophy comes from. Basically, what we teach people is to intentionally go out and increase their failure rate. And that freaks people out a lot. They think, oh, I don't want to fail. That seems crazy. But we do teach people to go out and fail more. And it all started from something that happened to Richard. And the long story short, basically, he was working in a men's clothing store. A guy came in, bought a thousand dollars worth of clothing. Richard all thought right. Yeah, he thought he did a great job selling this man um, all of these things. And his district manager, who was there watching this sale take place, wasn't overly impressed. And so he asked Richard a question, and he, he said, you know, out of curiosity, Richard, what did that customer say no to? And Richard said, what do you mean? He bought like over $1,000 worth of stuff. What do you mean? What do you say no to? And he said, well, yeah, I'm just curious. And Richard said, well, he didn't say no to anything. You know, everything I basically showed this guy, he purchased. And he said, well, then how did you know he was done? And, uh. Uh, yeah. And Richard said, oh, I guess it was because once he got like to over $1,000, I, basi I basically rang him up and sent him on his way. And his district manager said, you know, if you're a pretty good salesperson, but your fear of the word no is going to kill you. And if you could just learn to get over that, if you could, you know, go for no, quote unquote, you could be one of the great ones. And that was the moment that changed Rich's career. He realized that he avoided no, that he didn't like, you know, he, he, he kind of prejudged people. And, and when somebody got to his mental spending limit, he would send them on their way. Mm. So it was kind of a life-changing moment for him, and it changed his career trajectory. He ended up becoming an award-winning salesperson using that go-for-no method, just not fearing the word no and actually going out and hearing no more often. And so years later, he ended up going into training and, and management. And when we met, he told me that story. And I said, oh, my God, that is so cool because I thought I was a superstar salesperson and I realized that I didn't like hearing no either. So it changed my career. And now we've spent the last 17 years teaching people to do the same. Oh, that is really clicking for me because I'll be honest, when I first heard go for no, I was like, okay, that's kind of a catchy little slogan, I guess. It rhymes. But what you're saying yeah. is, is fundamentally, you haven't really hit the limit until you've heard the word no. Exactly. And there's so many nuances, Pete, to it. But, you know, that is the fundamental philosophy is you haven't hit your limit. And most people, we all play it so safe. And like we always joke in our presentations that we do, we always say, you know, kids with their parents, you know, kids are so tenacious and they will ask and ask and ask. And a kid, if he's asking his mom for a cookie in the grocery store and she says no a couple times, he's not thinking, oh, man, I'm not going to get a cookie today. He's thinking, oh, OK, I have to work a little harder and be a little more creative to get my cookie because it's going to oh, happen yeah. right it's going to happen and so it's that persistence that we all let get drummed out of us that Richard and I are so passionate about helping people reconnect with and I could relate to that as I think about being asked for donations you know to support uh, some nonprofits. And so what's happened is that, you know, I have a relationship with the person who's, who's working this organization as the executive director. And so he's asked for an amount of one year. And I said, sure. He asked for another amount the next year, which was higher. And I said, sure. He asked for a larger amount still the third year. And I thought, well, you know, I really did just about hit my limit. And it's interesting. I didn't like saying no. I don't like hearing it or saying it, I guess. I didn't like saying no, but sure enough, 
that was the indicator that that's the limit. He asked for an amount, and I said, you know, I, I just don't think that's going to work this time. Uh, I, this is, mm-hmm. I can do this amount. He's like, okay, thank you so much. We really appreciate your, your generosity. And, and that's when you know that you've hit the limit. Yeah, entirely. And that really is the go for no process in action. Absolutely. And it's funny you'd say that you don't like saying no either because people who learn to go for no also simultaneously learn the skill of saying no. And and that's not, you know, some people think go for no is all about, you know, how to say no and and saying no to things you don't want to do. And and while that's really an important skill and we all tend to you know, put too much on our plates and yes, say yes to everything because we don't want to disappoint people. That is not what the philosophy is about. But if you aren't good at saying no, sometimes it's hard to go for no as well. You know, it's it's kind of a package sometimes. So in a way, it, it sounds kind of maybe conceptual or theoretical at this point. It's like, okay, when you hear no, that means that you've hit the limit. So great job. You've pushed it to the maximum. You're That's, that's good news. But that doesn't maybe feel adequate for maybe some of the emotional stuff that's going on under the surface. So so how do you address that so that we could actually feel okay about being told no or saying no? Oh, that is such a perfect question. And, and you are exactly right. So it's one thing to absorb it intellectually and go, oh my gosh, I get it. I'm going to hear no more. And then all of a sudden you got it and you start putting it into practice, right? What, whether it's asking somebody out on a date or Um, asking somebody for the sale or fundraising, like in your example. But then you're right, the emotions start to hit you because people take no personally. And the reason we use the word failure is that a lot of people take that, that no personally and they feel like a failure, they feel like they failed, and it's this whole mixture of emotions. And then, of course, they slow down, stop or quit and give up altogether. So the whole other piece to the philosophy is really helping people reprogram, for lack of a better word, it kind of is. I know it sounds like it, there's no cult involved here. I'm a robot. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but we help people reprogram the way they think and feel about the word no. And that feeling is really important because if you're not feeling good about it, then our philosophy, as brilliant intellectually as it may be, just falls flat. So you've got to say, okay, I have to rethink my definition of failure and success. I have to understand that I have to fail more. I have to hear no more. And when I do that, I will be more successful. Okay. So in practice then, how do we go about doing a reprogramming? Can we do maybe a a five-minute reprogram right here, right now? I imagine it needs more depth, but what can we achieve in a few minutes? (sighs) Well, there's no easy answer, Pete. And the reason is that everybody is different, but I will tell you this. So there's no, I wish I could give you some kind of easy mantra, right? That you can start repeating over and over again. Um, And really what it has to do with is we tell people that they need to get into action. They need to see where they are in their process. So most of this application is in sales and business and people that are, you know, they take the concept and apply it to whatever they're doing. So for example, if I was teaching your friend, the the fundraiser, I would say, okay, we're going to set a no goal today of, I want you to get 20 no's and we're going to, we're not going to worry about the yeses. The yeses are great. So no matter what your quota of yeses are, we're just going to ignore that. And we're just going to hear 20 no's. And by putting that into practice and taking action and trying to get those 20 no's, in that day or in that week, whatever you decide, um, that is what produces the courage 
and the persistence and gets people the results so that they understand and they can start working on their emotions kind of on the back end because you can't really work on the emotions and, and getting okay with it on the front end. Does that make sense? I hear you. So you say reprogram in the sense that collecting these no's is now actually a victory. You win by having accomplished the goal of collecting the no's. Exactly. And so we tell people all the time, hey, if you if you set a no goal of 10 or 20 and you hit that goal, start celebrating that because we're all very good at celebrating our yeses and the successes. But we're really all we usually do when we when we get a bunch of no's is um, berate ourselves and tell ourselves that we're idiots. And, you know, who do we think we are? Um, That's not going to help reproduce activity or get people into action. Right. That just makes you want to crawl under the covers. Yeah. Right. So the goal is to if you if to set those no goals and to celebrate your activity and your action. And that is kind of the way the reprogramming process starts happening, because you're really focused on your behaviors and your action and activity. And then eventually, when you start hearing no more, then you start getting desensitized. Then it starts kind of you realize, you know what, this isn't about me. This is really about the other person. Now, I could start by convincing you it's not about you. And it's about the other person. But what I really need you to do is just get into action. And then we can deal with that. Okay. So can you share with me maybe some additional perspectives? Like I'm, I think I've already sold. (laughs) You're very persuasive. I I guess you you got me quick. But for those who are a bit more resistant or skeptical in operating this, what are some maybe additional ways that you you frame it or you offer perspective? Because I imagine... Well, you, you could tell me when you're working with folks and you challenge them, hey, go collect 20 no's today. I, I imagine not everyone is thrilled about that idea. Like that sounds like torture. So mm-hmm. what do you tell them next? <laughs> um, that's a really good question. Not much, actually. I, I, I pound into them that philosophy. But I'll give you another example, though, because this is kind of a, a, a common one. And this is what happens when we kind of live in the what I call the go for yes world versus the go for no world. And I think you'll see really quickly how limiting opportunities become when we're always thinking about yeses and we're avoiding no. So let's say you need a job, right? And let's say you go to a, a networking meeting, a networking group, totally making this up, and you get 10 business cards of people. And you're, all of them you talk to might have some kind of job prospect for you. But what happens when we live in the go for yes world is we go home and we look at the 10 business cards and we say, wow, out of all of these 10, I think five of these people didn't really like me. I bet you anything, they're just going to tell me no. So you set the five cards aside. Now you have five more left and you say, three of these people were kind of nice. I think there's a possibility, but I don't know. It's kind of medium. So I'll set these three aside. These two people, we had good conversations. There was some commonality. I blah, 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 whatever. Um, I think I'll go ahead and call these people. So what we do is, and this is for sales too, we go, okay, so I'll just call think the people that I think will say yes. I think these two people will meet with me. Now what we've done is, because we're just chasing after the yes, we've set aside the other eight people because we're just focused on the yes, we're fearing getting the no, and now we've limited our opportunities. What go for no says is, hey, you just met 10 people. Turn your invested time into profitable time. You should be calling each one of these people. You are assuming incorrectly, by the way, that, hey, this person didn't like me or they don't have a job for me or they don't want to hear from me. Usually all based in fear and 
you know, lack of self-esteem or self-worth. And so, again, we limit our opportunities. So in the go for no world, you'd say, hey, I got 10 business cards. I'm going to take 10 chances rather than two. Okay. Certainly. That seems like some, some basic multiplication of opportunity, which is handy. So I'm also curious to hear, I know a lot of the work you do is with sales type professionals. I'm imagining applying go for no in your, the everyday professional workplace environment. Maybe your role isn't sales, but you are having plenty of exchanges and interactions with colleagues and, and bosses and collaborators of, of different sorts and stripes. Could you share with us what are some key requests or scripts we might follow in the workplace in which way we can make some good requests and go for no to our benefit at work on a daily, weekly basis? Yeah, that, well, that's a great question. And I don't have anything ready to go, you know, based on everybody's different scenario. But I will tell you one something really interesting. And I see this happening actually on Twitter all over the United Kingdom. This lady who's the head of a particular National Health Society division of UK healthcare has kind of adopted our go for no philosophy. And they're they, they um, are really trying to change their whole healthcare system. But in order to do that, they have to change the old way of thinking, like the old way of doing business, the old way of healthcare, you know, all of these things. And so they've kind of adopted go for no as a way to get people to have the courage to challenge old thinking. And really what it comes down to, Pete, is it comes down to asking. So in any work environment, anybody listening to this who says, well, how do I apply it? I'm not in sales. Yes, but you have to sell ideas. You have to sell people on maybe looking at things your way. And so what it all comes down to is having the courage to ask, whether it's asking for a meeting or asking somebody, hey, I I really want you to consider this idea. Let me share it with you. And one of those things and kind of the key is to not make assumptions this all kind of goes back to assumptions of what people are going to do or say. It's taking a risk, taking a little bit of a chance, stepping outside your comfort zone and, and, and going for no and, and asking in whatever context it may be. I like that a lot. And one context I think is useful and under asked for is just feedback in terms of how am I doing? What do you perceive as some of my real strengths and, and development opportunities here? Or what could I do to make your, uh, work life easier, simpler, better. You know, what do I do that annoys or frustrates you? I think that takes a degree of risk and vulnerability to go there. But I could totally see how if you've adopted a go for no philosophy, you're more able to do just that. Exactly. And I love that you said that because that really is taking the model. And we kind of outline this in our book. It's a real simple model. And the model is really changing the way you think about failure and success. And most of us avoid opportunities to fail. Um, We avoid negative feedback. We avoid all of these things. We're just looking for the success, the yeses, and we see them as a choice. Our new model really is that the failures, the rejection, the the hearing the word no, that is all in between us and getting those yeses and the success. So if you want to move up in your job and your company, if you want to really um, explode your results, you do want to be going for no at every turn. You want to be getting that feedback. You want to be failing so that you can then improve, learn, grow, and have a chance to succeed. If you're just, if it's just about proving yourself, then you stay away from all of that, and you'll never, you'll never really move ahead. Oh, that's sort of like the the fixed mindset, growth mindset research there. 
Yes, exactly. That is exactly what it is. And it's, for, it's funny, for years, people had told me, um, this reminds me of, of, uh, of Carol Dweck's mindset research. And finally, I got the book and I just, I read it. Um, I've probably read it two or three times and it's fantastic. And it is exactly that. It's having that growth mindset of, of a failure and embracing those failures and seeing them as learnings, not as, oh, I'm just trying to show off or prove myself to other people. Excellent. So I'm intrigued a little bit about the the UK healthcare piece. Are there kind of particular things that people are going for no for, or could you share maybe some detail on that, or any other uh, pretty cool I, case studies in terms I of? I wish I could. They literally kind of hijacked the concept. <laughs> I'll tell you how it happened. Though it was kind of funny. Um, I did a slide share and put it up on slideshare.net, and it was kind of my favorite go-for-no memes. And these memes are really simple. It's, it's things like, yes is the destination, no is how you get there, set a no goal, and that will help you achieve results. I mean, really kind of our simplest philosophies. And this one particular lady who's kind of executing this new way of thinking, um, this new wave of change kind of took it and said, oh, I get it. I mean, she took it without really, I don't know if she read the book or not per se, but she just kind of got it um, and said, I, you know, I'm going to understand that I have to take risks, that we have to be pushing against the old way of thinking and constantly be willing to hear no and going back and, and staying persistent because that's another kind of layer to, to go for no is that having that persistence where when somebody does tell you no, it's not, hey, this is no, never. It's okay. This might just be no for now. So if I don't, uh, I'm guessing um, from what I've seen, what I've I've gleaned on Twitter is, um, you know, that their, uh, their whole model is let's, let's start changing the way of thinking. And if if we can't change this week, we'll keep at it. We'll, we'll bring it up again next month and we'll bring it up again next month. And eventually they are going to see the changes that they want because they're going to be persistent about it. Uh, yep, yeah, and, and people will be healthier as a result, so good news. And yeah. in your own work with clients, could you share with us any particularly you know, touching or noteworthy uh, case studies or, or, or transformational examples? You know, uh, so many, so many. Some of them are just funny. I, I mean, like one of them was just, a, it was kind of adorable, I have to say. this. I'm guessing he was fairly young. This kid wrote me this email, long, long email. He was working um, a job at a, um, like a tennis shop and um, at a, at a um, racquetball, like one of these um, country clubs that has the tennis courts and the racquetball and everything else. And he was working in the little shop and he said that he read Go For No and he said they had merchandise in there that had been there for years, like cobwebs and dust was growing on it. And he, he said he just started like asking and sharing everything with people. People would walk in and he'd say, you know, hey, do you want, you want this? Do you want this towel? Do you want this item? Hey, have you seen these hats? And he said he literally sold out of all of this stuff that had been in their shop for years. And he was so enthusiastic and it was just adorable to hear Um him have so much fun with it and and I kind of similar email from a lady who said um, that she was using it in her business and it was helping her stop taking no personally because one of the things that we suggest is for people to 
kind of make a game out of it. So if you're going to set your no goal, just have fun with it and make it a game. And, and that will kind of reduce some of the stress and pressure you put on yourselves. And that will help people see that, hey, this is a, you're, you're having fun. You're a fun person to be around and it's very attractive. So we've gotten some great letters from people who've said that they've gotten opportunities just out of the woodwork that they never expected because they weren't stressed and forcing people to get a yes. They were just out there sharing opportunities and getting no's, but also getting yes in just fun, unexpected ways. Oh, fantastic. Well, if there's, is there anything else that you would like to convey before we shift gears into the fast faves? Well, I would just say that it's a really it's a fun life philosophy. I mean, you could use it anywhere. I mean, we I, sometimes it's funny. Richard and I will be somewhere and he'll say, I don't know, should we ask for that? And I say, what do you think? We're the go for no people. Should we try oh. this or not? <laughs> um, right. So it, it's any time that you are, you know, you want to upgrade a better car at the rental car place, you want to try getting the better seat in the restaurant. I mean, go for it. Try going for no in different places. And I tell people all the time that can build your courage just as much as doing it maybe on the job or, you know, in a sales situation, just out in everyday life. Oh, I'm so glad you said that because that's really connected for me right now. I've got a pair of shoes. I spent more than I should on this pair of shoes and they're just not doing the trick. You know, they, they hurt. And I just thought, Oh, they're, you're just breaking them in. They're just, and then like, no, no, it, it's been numerous times I've worn them. They still hurt. And one of the shoelaces broke and it was a pricey pair of shoes. It's not right. And so, Part of me says, well, Pete, you call them and they're going to say, you bought these months ago. What are you thinking? We're going to take them back. But the other part of me says, well, if, if they really want to stand by their brand, they should do it. But I'm already in that very thought pattern in yes. a going for yes world. Whereas you're saying go for no. And even if they tell me no, I have gained something, which an upgrade to my courage for having tried. Absolutely. And you never know what they're going to say, but for sure you should do it. You should call them and say, hey, this is the whole, the whole story. And, and what can you guys do? <laughs> and if, if it's nothing, then it's, hey, at least you tried. You don't have to worry. You don't have to wonder, what if I had tried? You know, um, there's probably something. There's probably something you'll get. Okay. Thank you. I'm inspired. I'm going to okay. eat, eat some humble pie and say, hey, should have called yes. you some months ago. But here's what's up with your shoes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I like it. Okay, well, that was fantastic. So, so now shifting into the the fast faves, I'd love to get some roughly one minute responses to key things you like. Uh, can you tell us uh, first a favorite quote, something that inspires you repeatedly? Yes, one of my favorite quotes. Um, this is by Peter McWilliams, who wrote a great book called "Do It." Let's get off our butts. B U T T S. Yes, um, and one of the quotes he he has is, um, "What's more important, your goal or others' opinions of your goal?" I like it. Mm-hmm. And how about a favorite study? Any sort of research or experiments that you find yourself looking back to again and again? And maybe some of the Carol Dweck. I was going to say, it really is the mindset research. Um, I love the uh, this experiments that she did with the kids where she would give them puzzles and see who wanted to um, redo the same puzzle over and over again. And, and the kids that had the growth mindset that wanted challenging, harder puzzles, and they weren't afraid of getting a puzzle that they couldn't solve. They just wanted to try. Um, all of that research is, is phenomenal, fascinating. All right. And how about a favorite book? Oh, my! one of my favorite books is called The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. What's it about? 
four agreements. Um, they're amazing. It, they're very simple. Um, speak with integrity. Don't make assumptions, which we talk in detail about and go for no. So it's such a perfect um, companion to this philosophy. Um, don't take things personally and always do your best. Those are the four agreements. And that book basically changed my life in terms of how to think oftentimes about just communication and dealing with other people. It's amazing. How about a favorite website or online resource? Oh my gosh, there are so many. I'm going to say Seth Godin's blog. I will go to that blog and read like 10 to 20 blog posts. Uh, sometimes I'll miss a few days and then I'll go back and catch up. So I love Seth Godin's blog. Oh yeah, they're so short and fun. Yes. How about a, a favorite habit? Any sort of personal practices that you've gotten in the groove of doing that have just really been transformational? Yeah, one of my favorite organizational habits is, and I think this might be in the new book about tidying up um, the popular like Japanese book that's sold over a million copies. But um, <laughs> mine is I like to take effort, like pull literally everything off my desk and make just a huge pile on the floor, and then I work from the floor back to my desk. So my desk starts off totally clean. Everything's on oh, the floor. I really like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How about any favorite tools, whether it's a software or gadgets or uh, thought approaches you use often? One of my favorite tools actually is I actually chose a, an app that I use. Um, well, tech, technically not an app. It's called um, followup.cc, and it allows me to send emails to the address with the date. So if I want to talk to you in a month, I could type in the date at followup.cc and I would get an email reminder. So it's a great way for me to not have like a to-do list somewhere, but um, I like getting emails because I really keep organized in my inbox. So that is a great tool for me. Oh, great. How about a a favorite nugget that when you share it, uh, people, they retweet it, they highlight it in the Kindle version of your book, they nod their heads uh, what would be uh, one of those quotes mm. of uh, of your own saying? Probably one of our biggest ones. Yes is the destination. No is how you get there is a big one. But also um, there's virtually nothing you can't achieve if you are willing to hear no often enough. Mm, inspired. <laughs> and how about a favorite role model, someone that you look up to professionally and why? Liz Gilbert, I would say. She wrote um, Eat, Love, Pray. She's an amazing author, speaker, and also she just wrote a great book um, for anyone who's in, into creativity called Big Magic, and it's phenomenal. She's super inspiring. And how about a favorite way to find you? Would you prefer a particular website or email or Twitter handle? Probably our, just our website. It's gofornow.com because from there you can find us on Facebook and Twitter and all of that kind of stuff. Okay. And a favorite a challenge or a final call to action that you might uh, leave listeners with? Oh, well, you know what it's going to be. I mean, I have to challenge, <laughs> I have to challenge everyone to, to ask. Um, I would challenge everyone to two things. Um, and these are two of the four agreements is don't make assumptions. Um, don't take it personally. So, you know, go out there and ask for what you want and just see what happens. Oh, fantastic. Well, Andrea, this has been a real treat. Thanks so much for joining us here. And I wish you lots of luck in all the ways you go for no. Thanks so much, Peter. It was so much fun. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. You're a bit more empowered to go for the gold, to push a little farther. And when you hear no, that just means, okay, I've reached the natural end of this. 
And as always, you can find some of these goods, the the show notes, the items linked, and ways to get in touch with Andrea, the transcript and such, over at awesomeatyourjob.com slash ep16. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. To get the most out of this conversation, visit awesomeatyourjob.com to find today's show notes, transcript, and infographic summary cheat sheet. For more entertaining professional skill sharpening, be sure to subscribe to catch the next episode of How to Be Awesome at Your Job. <laughs>